We'd like to welcome you back to another episode of The Money Stop. And alongside Cole Cusimano, my name is Stephen Cusimano. That's right. I am back. So I got to thank Cole for holding down the fort last week and doing an excellent job getting you all geared up for Kansas and recapping the action from the week prior at Texas. And again, doing a great job. And we had another really nice race at Kansas to cap off the mile and a half slash 550 package tracks this year with Kyle Larson winning his ninth race and his third in a row. And Cole, let's just hash out some of the records that he has broken with this historic win because it was really not really an incredible race or performance. It was just kind of routine for Larson at this point, but he won his third race in a row, second time this season that he's won three races in a row, and he is the first driver to win three straight races two separate times in a season since the great intimidator Dale Earnhardt did in, I believe, 1987. So that in itself is spectacular, and the fact that he did it in the last round of the playoffs, also unbelievable. And then he also broke Jeff Gordon's record for the most laps led in a 36-race season, a record that stood for 20 years and it's just amazing at this point, Cole. I think that regardless of what you expected for Kyle Larson this year, because take it from me, on our pilot episode, I picked Kyle Larson to be in my championship four when not a lot of people were. Uh, I was expecting a really big year from him, but I, I think no matter what you were expecting out of Kyle Larson, nobody was expecting this. I mean, he is clearly by far and away the championship favorite. Um, so let's just start there, Cole. I mean, overall thoughts on what he has done this year and the records he has broken and just the way he has burst onto the scene so abruptly his first year at Hendrick Motorsports. It's just outstanding. I don't think he even gets the credit he deserves, to be honest. Just You mentioned all the, all the records he broke right there with Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon. And even within Hendrick Motorsports, uh, those nine wins, he ties Dale Jr., Darrell Waltrip, and Tim Richmond already on the all-time wins list there. And I think that speaks volumes. Uh, those guys are all Hall of Famers, and um, they've all had their, their place in the sport. And I think Kyle Larson's doing a masterful job in solidifying his status as one of the greats already early on in his career at HMS. So um, I, I think it's incredible to see the rebound he's had after the year he had in 2020. I think that he's absolutely the favorite. And just looking at how he did, and I think just, I mean, going off that from last year, seeing how far he's come as a person, as a driver, he's winning literally everything that has four wheels on it, <laughs> you name it, he's won it this year, and even last year, and it's just a testament to, again, who he is as a driver, who he is as a person, and I think that what we're seeing from Kyle Larson is truly special, and there was a lot of talk, I know we mentioned this early on in the podcast, but about who would step up? Jimmy Johnson's retired. Would it be the Chase Elliott era, the Kyle Busch era? I think I'm a firm believer this is going to be the Kyle Larson era. I really do believe that. It definitely does seem that way. I mean, again, you said winning everything on four wheels. And then even in the sport of NASCAR, I mean, he's winning at the short tracks, the mile and a half tracks. I mean, everywhere that we go, he is. if he doesn't win, he's contending for the win. I mean, people forget. I don't have the number in front of me, but I think he's finished second like five or six times this year, which is just unreal considering the nine wins. Uh, and I'm excited to see how it plays out for Kyle Larson. I think that you look at the seasons that both Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin had last year, winning mostly all of the races. I can't remember if it was eight, seven, whatever it was for each of them, but uh, neither of them winning the championship. At the same time, while they did dominate a lot of the season, it didn't feel like they got robbed per se or anything when Chase Elliott won because he was a strong car all year. But this is a season where it's just clear cut 
all out dominance. The same thing that I kind of alluded to this early in the season, same thing that we saw with Jimmy Johnson during his five year uh, win streak of winning the cup championships. Like those were five years or at least the, the latter of which the three, last three or so years were dominated by him. And you just knew he was going to win the championship. This has kind of that same feel. Like if Kyle Larson does not win this championship, I just don't think it would it would be reflective of this season. It wouldn't be right. And I'm I, you know I really I don't see how you could think it's not going to end with a Kyle Larson championship. Obviously, barring a, a catastrophe at Phoenix. And let's talk about that for a second. Who can beat him at Phoenix? I mean, who can beat Kyle Larson at Phoenix? Because we've seen several drivers go toe to toe with him this year. There was a point in time earlier in the playoffs, early on where we kind of said that Denny Hamlin maybe was turning into the, the favorite. And then you've got other former champions in the field, Martin Truex Jr., uh, Denny Hamlin, not a former champion, but then you've got Chase Elliott. If a guy like Joey Logano or Kyle Busch or Brad Keselowski were to make it into the round of four, then, you know, those are all guys that could take a stab at him. I think this is a very strong uh, field of eight drivers as we head into Martinsville for the cutoff race. So, Cole, I mean, who can beat him at Phoenix? Because to be honest with you, I mean, I just talked about how dominant he is and oozed about all that, but I think every driver remaining in the round of seven has what it takes, or in the round of eight out of those seven drivers, has what it takes to beat him. I do agree, and there's two drivers I'm looking at specifically, and it's going to be one of them is his teammate, Chase Elliott, who obviously finally won at Phoenix last year and won the championship. Had a really good car in the spring, always run very well at Phoenix, specifically in November with bad luck so I think that he was another guy who like Kyle Larson started from the rear and had multiple issues on pit road and he drove from the fields I believe it was three or four times uh, but Larson did it like five or six so I think Chase Elliott's one guy that can win at Phoenix and I think another guy who many people don't have on their radars is Ryan Blaney and I think he should be a shoe-in for the championship before I think aside from Larson and Hamlin he's been the most consistent driver by far. I don't think he's gotten the credit he's deserved the entire season with three wins. And Ryan Blaney has been one of the best drivers as a whole at Phoenix. I think he has what it takes to win there. He hasn't won there just yet. But I think those are the two drivers I'm looking at that could potentially beat him at Phoenix. And again, there's guys like Martin Truex Jr. who could obviously do it and Denny Hamlin. But I just think that I've seen more recently um, at Phoenix from um, Blaney and Elliott than I have from those guys that makes me believe that they can potentially take down Kyle Larson uh, in next week. And we have seen, and we talked about it, or I should say you talked about it last week, the resurgence of Team Penske in the playoffs. Uh, the last few weeks have been that camp's strongest of the season between Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, and Brad Keselowski. I would say that you can argue for, at least outside of Blaney's case, for, but for the other two, Blaney, or excuse me, uh, Keselowski and Logano, you could argue they're having their best stretches of the season right now, and they very well could be in that mix as well. But I do want to talk for a second about what happened at Kansas because uh, there were quite a few drivers in this round of eight that had major problems, and one of those did include Ryan Blaney. Finished third from last, or fourth from last at least, after an accident being kind of dumped from behind by Austin Dillon late in the race. And again, he was putting together another really strong run, and you mentioned him being a shoe-in for the round of four. We're talking about whatever it was, 30, 40 laps to go. And he was 25, 30 points to the good. And all of a sudden, this accident, which was largely out of his control, happens. And all of a sudden, he's a point out of the playoff standings 
behind Kyle Busch, who also ran into some trouble and on the day ended up finishing, I believe, 28th. Yes, he did. And uh, yeah, he ran into some trouble as well and, and just kind of lucked out that Blaney also ran into trouble later in that race. Um, but then you had the other Penske cars with solid days. Brad Keselowski started out great, uh, was doing really well in stage one and then had run into some issues himself and was kind of mired two laps down for most of the day, but was able to rebound and finish 17th. So he is now only nine points, I believe, behind the cutoff. And then Joey Logano, who was playing some different strategies throughout most of the day, ended up finishing ninth. So didn't get a lot of stage points, but did end up with the top 10 in the race. And then Martin Truex Jr. seventh, Denny Hamlin fifth in the race, Chase Elliott Finished runner-up and was really, really close to chasing down Kyle Larson. A lot of people forget he came within about two or three tenths of a second with a couple laps to go. And so let's take a look at that top ten uh, in total. There was, those are the playoff drivers, at least. But uh, Kyle Larson, of course, first, followed by Chase Elliott. Kevin Harvick, a really strong day in third, as well as Kurt Busch in fourth. Really strong day for the non-playoff drivers. It looked like at one point in time it would be uh, certain that one of those guys would be in victory lane. Denny Hamlin, fifth. William Byron, another extremely strong day, ended up in sixth. Martin Truex Jr., seventh, I mentioned. Christopher Bell, eighth. Joey Logano, ninth. And Austin Dillon, tenth. So, Cole, obviously, that was a little bit of a mouthful. I mean, I just went through all the playoff drivers' days, and a lot of them had tough days, namely those last four, Logano, Kozlowski, Blaney, and Kyle Busch. So then you've got the other four that we talked about as well. Who gets those final three spots? Because right now, you've got a really tight battle. Uh, the only driver that you would see as maybe in a win-and-get-in situation is Joey Logano in eighth. He's 26 points behind the cut line, but the driver in seventh in the standings right now is Brad Keselowski. He's six behind the cut line. Martin Truex Jr., three behind. And I mentioned Ryan Blaney, only separated by Kyle Busch from one point. So uh, the other two drivers, Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin, 32 and 34 points of the good. So those guys, as long as they put keep the car on all four wheels and keep it pointed straight, they should be good to go headed into Phoenix. But when it comes to those final five drivers, Bush, Blaney, Truex, Kislowski, Logano, who gets in? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's the beauty of the playoffs and Martinsville specifically, because you mentioned it. There's a six-point gap between seventh and fourth. And, oh, my God. All these guys have incredibly great resumes at Martinsville. Even Joey Logano, 26 points back. Ryan Blaney, we'll get to it as we get to our uh, Take It to the Bank segment. He has been one of the best drivers at Martinsville. Very under the radar. Finished runner-up both races in 2020. Kyle Busch, bit of a mixed bag, but he's a, he is a former winner at Martinsville. Shurex, we know he has a steamed short track resume as of late. He won at Martinsville this prior race in 2021. He has three wins in the last five races there. Brad Kozlowski's also been one of the most consistent drivers there. We'll get to that. Also a former winner. And even on Joey Logano, I, I was going to bring this up. <laughs> he has yet to make any waves in the playoffs, and it seems like he always makes a headline of some sort, whether it be for the good or the bad. And Martinsville rewards aggression, and he's one of the most aggressive drivers in the sport. I don't think he's going to go out silently and just take that 26 points and ride off into the sunset. I think he's going to do all he can, as are all these drivers, to get into the playoffs. And to answer your question, I do think that Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin uh, make it in on points. But I think that Ryan Blaney is going to come in with his back against the wall, even though it's one point out. And I think he's really going to show these guys what he's made of. And I think he's going to go out there and have a really, really strong day, maybe even a race-winning day, 
and make it into the championship four. Yeah, it's going to be really fun because, like you said, you know, you've got all these drivers separated by, you know, only seven points from fourth to eighth or fourth to seventh. And I just think you look at those names, Logano, Kozlowski, Truex, Blaney, Bush. Like, you can make an argument that those five drivers are five of the more aggressive drivers that just do what they got to do to win a race in this sport. And it's going to happen at NASCAR's shortest track in Martinsville. I think that we very well, well may see a, an extremely exciting and memorable race. Yes, and it's all happening on Halloween, which I'm very yeah. excited about. My favorite holiday. So it's going to be a very fun and a very scary race for these playoff drivers. Yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, you just look at those names. You look at the track, the day of the year. I mean, it's shaping up to be a, an extremely memorable race that I can't wait to watch. And, you know, I, I don't even know. Looking at those names, I don't know who's going to make it. You said Ryan Blaney. Um, I kind of feel, I have a gut feeling that one of those guys between sixth and eighth rises to the occasion and wins the race. And I, you mentioned the great resume from Martin Truex Jr. I just think that you mentioned Joe Logano too. Like he's due, he is totally due to make a wave in the playoffs. And we said before the playoffs began, he's a guy that rises to the occasion and steps up this time of year. And, you know, he certainly has done that, but at the same time, Looking at what he has done, he hasn't won a race in the playoffs. I think he's he's definitely due to win one this point in the year, and I think that you know he very well may win his way in. I just it's tough to say right now, honestly. So um, let's turn the page though from Kansas uh, officially to Martinsville first by recapping the Xfinity race because we saw Ty Gibbs with a big win, his fourth win this year on a part-time schedule as he continues to write himself an unbelievable story and making his way up through the ranks in NASCAR. Outstanding. And that was win number 10, I believe, for the 54 car in the Xfinity Series. And I, 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 again, you can't say enough about that kid. I can't wait to see him run on a full-time basis next year, along with mm-hmm. Josh Berry. I think those two are going to duke it out. It's going to be a great battle for the Rookie of the Year spot. And uh, I think it's safe to say that 54 car is going to run away with this uh, owner's championship points come Phoenix. Um, John Hunter Nemechek will be racing there at Phoenix. Uh, Ty Gibbs back in the car this weekend at Martinsville. And yeah, I, I think that just what we've seen from him in his very young career so far has been outstanding. I think people are going to be quick to say he's a silver spoon fed kid just because who his grandfather is and his father. But, you know, I think that the talent, you can't deny the talent. He's done a remarkable job for his age. And even in the equipment, like just the moves he makes the and the, and the talent he has, it's it's unmistakable. It's awesome to see. Yeah, Ty Gibbs is a perfect example of, yes, he grew up very privileged in the family he's in, but he made the most of his circumstances and did not take a single thing for granted. I mean, you have the resources that he did or that he does, and and he is clearly making the most of them. And, and you know, he's going to be one of the all-time greats in the sport, it feels like. I, I mean, maybe it's an exaggeration, but it just feels like that, just the way his career has started. But let's take a look at the paint schemes this week. Nickel or dime, Cole, you mentioned that It's Halloween weekend, and the cup race will take place on Halloween. So that is a common trend with a lot of the paint schemes this week. And so there's some cool, uh, pretty nice-looking paint schemes that are not Halloween-themed this week. But I would say that all my dimes are going out to the Halloween ones. But, Cole, this you mentioned it. This is kind of your holiday, so I'm going to let you take it away and give out the first dimes of the week. Awesome. Yeah, there are some great Halloween paint schemes. I also drew in some um, Xfinity and truck paint schemes because there's some nice Halloween ones on there as well. Um, I think the first time I'm going to give out goes to the 38 of Anthony Alfredo. It's the Dude Wipes car, but it's very much Halloween themed. You have 
an orange base. There's like a black top and a black trim with black wheels. And there's spider webs, there's jack-o'-lanterns, a haunted house. And even on the hood of the car, there is a, a jack-o'-lantern face. Uh, it just looks really, really cool. Captures the spirit of the holiday very well. And I definitely commend Dude Wipes for uh, doing away with their traditional black and blue and, and doing the black and orange for Halloween, spirit of the holiday. I also love the 18 of Kyle Busch. I think those Halloween M&M cars always look really, really good. But there's been a bit of off years. I would say this one is the best since um, 2017, but it has the, the classic M&M characters. It's, you know, the, the classic M&Ms, like the lime green colors, the orange, the black, purple, just looks really good, captures the holiday spirit very well. And I'll give it one more dime out to the, uh, you know, I'll go in the Xfinity series, the 11 of Justin Haley. And this car is awesome because I, I love Frankenstein. I'm a big Frankenstein fan of the classic Universal Monsters. And you have him on the quarter panel. He's on the hood of the car. Also a really cool, like a uh, purple base, like a dusk type of vibe. There's some crows, some eerie looking trees, a full moon by the quarter panel. Just a really, really cool looking car. Not as like traditional as the, uh, you know, the orange and the black. So that one's really unique and really cool for me. And also not pictured is Spencer Boyd's truck. It's a lime green one, and kind of similarly to the ones I mentioned, there's like haunted houses, jack-o'-lanterns, ghosts, and there's also Slimer from the Ghostbusters movie on there. Um, it's an ode to Ghostbusters, but uh, I think we'll get the one on the graphic, hopefully. That's a really cool-looking paint scheme, but I think those are the dimes I'm going to give out this weekend. What about you, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've got a lot of the same thoughts. My favorite may be that 38 of Anthony Alfredo with the spider webs on it. just love the orange and black, but... Uh, to differ from you, you didn't really mention the number 16 of A.J. Allmendinger very much in the Xfinity series, so that might that might be my last dime. I mean, I love the, uh, obviously, the orange and black background with uh, the full moon in the background, the bats and the pumpkins and things like that. Uh, I just think that's a really cool-looking car, as well as the 26 in the truck series. Uh, very similar-looking paint scheme, so I won't really describe it. If you want, go to our social media at the underscore money stop to check it out. Uh, that one's got a yellow number, though, with kind of like dripping on the bottom. So that's kind of a unique design. But honestly, I, I'm a big fan of all the designs. I echo everything you had to say about the 18 and the 11. Really nice change of pace that it's purple and not orange like the rest of them. But um, I'm excited to see these cars on track this week, and it's going to be pretty fun. With that, let's take a look at the starting lineup for this upcoming weekend's race, the Xfinity 500 in the Cup Series. And here's the top 10 with, again, the top eight drivers being playoff drivers. So it starts with Kyle Larson on the pole once again, followed by Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Joey Logano in fifth, Brad Keselowski sixth, Kyle Busch seventh, Ryan Blaney eighth, Kevin Harvick ninth, and Kurt Busch tenth. And here's what the odds look like per bet MGM. The favorite is Martin Truex Jr. at four to one odds, followed by Denny Hamlin at six to one odds, Chase Elliott third at 13 to two, and then tied for fifth with seven to one odds are Kyle Larson and Ryan Blaney. So very interesting. Uh, I mean, on top of the fact that these drivers are so close in points and it's a cutoff race, they're all starting, of course, in the top eight, which is going to make things really fun, Cole. But let's talk about what we might see on the track and what we saw last time largely between a race that was largely dominated by Denny Hamlin and Ryan Blaney, who ended up leading 276 and 157 laps respectively. But it was Blaney who took advantage of a fast car by winning both of the first two stages. 
And that was the difference maker. He ended up finishing 11th after a tire miscue on what was the money stop. And it was a pretty hectic race after 15 cautions, which was the most in five years since fall of 2015. It accounted for 20% of the 500 laps completed. And really, that's why there are 500 laps in these races. Uh, sent eight cars out of the race. And at the end of the day, it was, like you said earlier, Colt, Martin Truex Jr., who held on to the win, his third Martinsville race in the last five starts there. So clearly, as I throw the baton to you, Cole, for the trends, that's certainly one of the trends, the fact that Martin Truex Jr. has been hard to beat there as of recently. Yeah, absolutely. And getting to the trends here, so Chevy's only won two of the last 10 races at Martinsville, and those came from Jimmy Johnson in the fall of 2016 and Chase Elliott last year, while Ford and Toyota have won four each in the last 10 races. So as mentioned previously, the 15 cautions in the spring race were the most since the fall of 2015. There were 12 last fall. There have been no less than eight in the last four fall races. The 18 lead changes this spring were down from the 20 last fall. And going back to 2020, there were no less than 14 lead changes. But in 2019, both races only saw three lead changes, which is a little bit odd. But, you know, I guess the packages were a little bit different. And there was a bit more dominance from guys like Brad Keselowski and Martin Truex Jr., Winners in the field, we have Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, and Ryan Newman at Martinsville in their respective careers. Yeah, it kind of seemed like we went through a period where the races at Martinsville weren't all that exciting or competitive uh, for a few years there, but I think last year really, really resurrected that, um, and that was exemplified by the night race there early in the year as well as Chase Elliott winning his way into Phoenix uh, in this time last year. So that was really fun. Let's get into our brackets of drivers that, you know, we kind of break into tiers as far as uh, guys you might want to include in your lineup based on if they're elite, if they're good, if they're great, um, that kind of thing. So that's going to lead off with Denny Hamlin. He has obviously been known to fight over that Mr. Martinsville nickname with Jimmy Johnson in the early 2010s late 2000s. Uh, he's a Virginia native. This has always been one of his best tracks. And with Johnson's retirement, he leads all active drivers in stats at Martinsville with five wins, 16 top fives, 22 top tens, 1,884 laps led, and an average finish of 9.7. So this is one of those tracks early in Hamlin's, Hamlin's career where it seemed like it was a near lock that him or Jimmy would win, but he's honestly fallen off there a little bit later in his career. And we've seen that the last few years with not quite as many wins to show for his performances, but even that it's, it's word. It, that's, that's a word that's used a little bit loosely in terms of the fact that he's fallen off because you look at his last win there came in 2015 and he's got seven top tens and 572 laps led in 12 starts since then. So keep in mind, 276, of those laps led came in the spring race last year, which is pretty much half of those uh, laps led in the last five years. So he finished third there most recently and should be a contender for the win, if not the favorite. Remember, he was at the second best odds per bet MGM at six to one. So he starts third once again, and he is valued at 10,700 in DFS. So it could be a very good value for you there in terms of a guy that if you're looking at track record, there's nobody better at Martinsville. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned it. He was kind of battling for that Mr. Martinsville spot with Jimmy Johnson. So Denny Hamlin's always going to be a great pick. And um, again, like he's up well in the points. So he doesn't really need to 
uh, be on the offense or play defense. So he's just got to got to go out there and get. He's going to go out there and try and get the win. And I think that's what we're going to see come Sunday. Then moving down the list here, we have his teammate Martin Truex Jr., who we alluded to his esteemed resume at Martinsville and short track specifically. But it wasn't always that easy for him. Once notoriously was known for being winless at short tracks, and now six of his last seven wins have come on short tracks. Three of those being in Martinsville. And again, three of the last five races there. So been outstanding at this track. Uh, he sits three points out of a spot in the championship four, which isn't a favorable position, but it's also the exact place where he'd want to be if he was going to be out of, uh, going into an elimination race. So it, it, this is going to be a big one for Martin Truex Jr. He's had laps in the last four races there. He's led 1,007 total and has eight top 10 in the last 10 races there. So really, really great stats. He starts fourth, valued at $11,400, and he has the best odds per bet MGM at 4-1. to one. So, you know, I, I think that Martin Shurex Jr., again, he's below the cut line. He's one of those guys who a lot of people had pegged for the championship four, and I think it's going to be very hard for guys like Brad Kozlowski or Joey Logano or maybe even Ryan Blaney to get that final spot in, this, in the uh, championship four over Martin Shurex Jr. just because his esteemed record at Martinsville. Right. He has had this track's number as of recently. My only concern with Martin Truex Jr., and it's not a concern with him, but it's just a concern with the fact that if there's a late race caution, and let's say he's dominated this race and he's got Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski and Chase Elliott and others in his rearview mirror, I don't see him winning it. I mean, it's, it's if you want a bet on who might lead the most laps in this race, I think Martin Truex Jr. is definitely that guy. Uh, and if all goes as planned and there's not any, you know, major incidents on the track, then he's a great pick for your lineup as well. Um, but hopefully he doesn't get too far out in front. And one of these guys uh, on a late restart kind of gets desperate and takes advantage. But uh, let's talk about Brad Kozlowski for a second, because you think about him and Martinsville, and they don't really go hand in hand together because he only does have two wins there. But the numbers would indicate otherwise. He has silently had one of the most successful careers at this paperclip track. He's got nearly a 70% top 10 rate, scoring a top 10 in 16 out of 23 starts at Martinsville, and recently had a five-race top five streak at this track, snapped after crashing there this past spring, and expanded even further. That wreck snapped a 10-race top 10 streak for Brad Kislowski, who was the 2012 champion. Similarly to Truex, Kislowski sits six points below the cut line, which is a manageable gap at a place he is likely to be very happy to be heading to in an elimination race. He starts sixth. He's valued at 9,300. And it just kind of feels like Cole on Halloween at Martinsville, Brad Kislowski, a season that hasn't gone as planned, but he's geared it up. It just feels right for Brad Kislowski. I don't know if that's my gut speaking or what it is, but you know, he's got solid consistent success here and he's really geared it up at the right time and, and peaked at the right time this year and all the signs just feel like they're pointing towards brad kozlowski and that's why we have him in the elite bracket definitely and i, I think honestly it just feels like a team penske day uh whether it be ryan blaney joey Logano, or brad kozlowski I, I just have that hunch i i think that all three of those cars are very hungry they've kind of been the underdogs the entire season they all have not had the seasons they wanted maybe aside from ryan blaney and I think, again, Brad Kozlowski is up there in age. This is his final two races with the two-team. Yep. He wants to leave Penske on a high note. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it's definitely going to be a Team Penske day, in my opinion. I definitely could see that. I mean, and you said it, too. That's a, a, something I didn't even mention is that 
you know, nobody wants to go out on a higher note with that number two team than Brad Kay. And if, if he's up there at the end, I, he's, he's got my money. I, I want Brad Kislowski. <laughs> but uh, heading down to the good bracket, Chase Elliott, he's always had a memorable track record at Martinsville from his very first race there. Uh, you can remember almost had the side of his first win uh, when he was kind of duking it out with Denny Hamlin in 2017 and, and just got dumped in what was a playoff race. And he was not a playoff driver at that point in time. And so since then, he's always been a contender at the paperclip. He's riding a three-race top five streak at this track, including a runner-up in the spring and, of course, a very memorable win last fall, which got him to his first championship that he won. Also finished runner-up a week ago at Kansas and, again, came extremely close to winning that race and chasing down Kyle Larson. And in 12 starts at the paperclip, he has seven top tens, 429 laps led, one win and an average finish of 13.5. And again, that includes some poor fortune. So an average finish that really isn't even indicative of how well he runs here. He starts second. So maybe that's a little bit of a risk with all of the hungry playoff drivers starting behind him, but he's valued at 10,100 for DFS purposes. So Chase Elliott, could be a really strong bet and a good value for you in your lineup. Uh, just has a really good feel for this track. Without a doubt. And I think that it's going to come down to likely him and, and one of the Penske guys for the win. Personally, it just seems like Chase Elliott's on the verge of breaking out, which is a shame to say with two races left in the season. But, you know, all he needs is, is two wins and specifically one win to reestablish himself as the championship again and defend his title. And uh, very well could be jump-started this weekend at Martinsville. But moving down the list here, we have one of his best friends in Ryan Blaney, which you could be noticing a trend like I have um, in a sense that many of these playoff tracks have proven to be very kind to him in his young cup career. And Martinsville is no exception. He has six top tens and 11 starts, five of those being top fives, and laps led in the last three races there. And 157, as mentioned, uh, this spring, and 300. 72 total with a 10.7 average, which is the second best to Denny Hamlin. So again, as mentioned, he won both stages in this spring. He finished runner up in both races in 2020. And with how the 12 team has performed in the playoffs, again, in my opinion, most consistent next to Larson and Hamlin, he should be a lock for the championship four. And you have to imagine that team's fired up after that disastrous day at Kansas. And again, they sit one point out with a shot at the title. And keep in mind, this is Todd Gordon's last season as the as a crew chief in the sport. He wants to go out in a high note. I think that that team is completely motivated. I think that they have what it takes to win. I think they very well could win. And um, it's going to be a, a statement day from Ryan Blaney and the 12 team. So he starts eighth. He's valued at 9,700. So a really, really good value pick, in my opinion. And I'll say it flat out right now. He's the guy that I am basing my lineup around. Absolutely. It's pretty surprising that he is as cheap as 9,700 in DFS. Uh, but Ryan Blaney, like you said, Cole, a guy that very well could go out there and win this race. And he's, he's always rised to the occasion, risen to the occasion, whatever you want to say, you know, throughout his career. And even this year with the wins and how they have come, I mean, he is Mr. Opportunity. And this is a big opportunity for Ryan Blaney to, to seize the moment and win his way into the championship four. But closing out our good bracket, Joey Logano, we've talked about him several times, riding a four-race top 10 streak at Martinsville, which is currently, believe it or not, the longest of any driver. And the one infamous win came in 2018, and it was a very important win because it propelled him, like Chase Elliott last year, to his first title. And so he's led laps in the last three races at Martinsville, 1,089 in his career, along with 13 top 10s, 
an average finish of 12.1 in 25 starts, also has eight top tens in the last 10 races at Martinsville. And again, 26 points below the cut line, barring a miracle, he's pretty much going to need a win to make it into the championship four. And so he's going to be hungry. Again, I would say if there's one driver who has a reputation for being the most aggressive and uh, you know, guy that's going to lay it all out there for the win. It's probably Joey Logano. He has got, uh, you know, he hasn't made a lot of friends with the way he's won a lot of the races in his career. But uh, again, yet to make a splash in the playoffs, seemingly always does at some point. He feels due a lot, like I mentioned with Brad Kay, and he's done it numerous times before. And again, at Martinsville, might we add, and he could be a good flyer bet or pick for your DFS lineup, a guy that's not necessarily a favorite for the win, but he very well may end up in victory lane. And Martinsville, I mentioned the aggression. Martinsville rewards that time and time again. So he starts fifth. He's valued at 9,500. Could be a solid value pick, as well as Kyle Busch. Again, you can sense a trend here. All the playoff drivers kind of rising to the occasion. Kyle Busch, always solid at Martinsville, streaky at times. He's got two wins, the last of which coming in fall of 2017, which was Again, if you remember that, he had a, a Halloween paint scheme, so that could be a little bit of uh, luck riding in his favor. So he's currently riding a two-race top 10 streak in uh, three in the last five races as well at Martinsville. So there is somewhat a level of concern because he's only led five laps over that time, so he hasn't shown he can go out there and kind of dominate and, and maybe win the stages and that kind of thing. But even still, he's got 19 top 10s an average finish of 12.1 and 32 starts, which is rock solid. And he will definitely play a little bit of defense and go all out for stage points being only one point to the good, but there's definitely more comfortability in picking guys like Truex or Hamlin, his teammates, instead for your lineup. He starts seventh also and is valued at 10,400, which is really high when you consider you can get a similarly priced guy like a Ryan Blaney or somebody comparable, a Joey Logano for cheaper you know, at least for DFS purposes, if you're looking for high upside, um, I would probably stray away from Kyle Busch. But if you're just looking for somebody that's going to go out there and put a good finish on the board, Kyle Busch might be your guy. All right, moving on to our sleeper bracket. And this is where you can make your money usually because there's a lot of good value picks. But I have four drivers listed and let's see here, about three of the four. They have decent starting positions, but they're probably going to have really good days. So We'll start with Kurt Busch, uh, who has three top tens in the last four races at Martinsville. But the most recent finish in 2021, he finished 21st. Um, but he has two career wins there at the paperclip. His last win came in 2014. But the big thing here is you have to imagine he wants to put an exclamation point on his season and for Chip Ganassi Racing as a whole, because this is the final year they're going to be in the sport before they transition into uh, track house racing at number one car. He also finished fourth last week. He's riding a bit of momentum here. Starting 10th, value at $7,900. Really, really good value pick. I think he's going to finish well inside the top 10, and he probably can contend for the win. So Kurt Busch is another guy that I'm going to probably base my lineup around as well, in addition to uh, Ryan Blaney. And then we have William Byron, who continued his torrid pace after being eliminated from the round of 12 a few weeks ago. And another top 10 under his belt uh, after Kansas. He has three top 10s in his last four starts at Martinsville, including a runner-up in 2019 in the fall and fourth this spring. His teammate Chase Elliott may have a leg up on him this weekend, but don't be surprised if that 24 puts together another really, really strong day. He starts 11th, and he's valued at $11,000. Now, it may seem odd to put Kevin Harvick in the sleeper category, but he hasn't had the best stats as of late at Martinsville. His only win came here in 2011, and he hasn't had led laps there 
since 2016. But yeah, six top tens in the last 10 races there with a ninth place finish this past spring. But also remember, he's been one of the fastest drivers since the playoffs began. And he's riding a two-race top five streak, finishing third at Kansas most recently. Still winless this season after winning nine races last year. To say he's hungry would be an understatement. And let's be honest, Carvick has ramped up the aggression a lot this season, specifically later in the season. And he's not made many friends in the garage or on the track. So that can either help or hurt him come Sunday just because, again, um, this track usually awards aggression, but it could hurt him again. So we'll see. Uh, he starts ninth, valued at $9,000. So Kevin Harvick, another potentially good pick, but a uh, bit of a risk. Finally, we have Matt Benedetto, who still has an uncertain future for 2022. He's been rock solid in Martinsville as of late. Three top 15s his last four races there, including two top 10s in a 12th place finish, the most recent race there. Matty D is also another guy that usually is uh, runs well at short tracks, and these tracks usually reward drivers like him and drivers in, I guess, lesser equipment. that You're not, not your elite teams like Team Penske, JGR, HMS. So we've seen him run very well at these tracks like Martinsville and Bristol, and I think he should have a pretty good day. Um, top 15 day, maybe even borderline top 10, and who knows? He's going to be doing all he can to get a win uh, to secure his future, and who knows? This could be the place where he gets it done. So he starts 21st, value at $7,700. And then a couple other drivers to take note of. Ryan Newman has a top 10 and a top 15 in the last four races at Martinsville. So the track that, again, he's also won at before, and it profiles very well to his driving style. So he's also not locked into a ride next year, keep in mind, and could be in line for a solid top 15 day. And he starts 27th, valued at 7,100. So with a little bit of desperation setting in and a track that he's had some mild success at, could be a solid pick uh, for a fantasy lineup at least. And then Bubble Wallace also. He's got two top 15s in the last four races at Martinsville, led 23 laps there in the spring, and also has a win there in the truck series. He starts 17th, so that could be a, a slight risk in your uh, DFS lineups valued at 7,600, but uh, could be a high reward bet in Bubba Wallace, a guy that just kind of has a knack for short tracks all throughout his career and obviously is, is still riding a little bit high with that win from Talladega earlier in the playoffs. Uh, and then also the 2020 Rookie of the Year class drivers from last year, Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick finished both 7th and 8th respectively at Martinsville earlier this year, and Bell also led nine laps in this race and has silently put together a four-race top 10 streak in this closing stretch to the season. So it's too bad that that team didn't make it into the round of 12 or the round of eight. Um, but Reddick has also proven to be one of the fastest non-playoff drivers week to week. There was a point in time again last week where it looked like he might win the race. And there's been several playoff races where Tyler Reddick was in position for a win. So they start 12th and 18th, respectively, valued at 84 and 8,200. So pick your poison. Either one of those guys could be a, a nice finishing touch to your lineup. And so continuing to take it to the bank here, let's give you a look at our DFS lineup recommendation. And it's got a lot of familiar names in it. In fact, uh, all names that we kind of just touched on. And so our recommendation begins with Ryan Blaney. Cole, you mentioned you're building your lineups around him, or you know, if you were going to make lineups, he would be a, a staple, or maybe I should say a paperclip in there. Uh, Ryan Blaney, you got it at 9,700. I mean, it just kind of feels like a lock pick for you because it opens up the door for a lot of other solid picks. And then I'll roll through the final five drivers in this lineup, which includes Christopher Bell at 8,400, Tyler Reddick at 8,200, Kurt Busch at 7,900, Matt DiBenedetto at 7,700, 
and Bubba Wallace at 7,600. So Cole, just looking at the anatomy of this, it's a start at the top in Ryan Blaney. A couple of, uh, we, we just mentioned the sleepers, Bell and Reddick um, are two second and third most expensive drivers and a bunch of sleepers basically in those final four or five drivers. So it, it's a lineup that maybe it doesn't turn a lot of heads, but it's certainly going to get a lot of points. I definitely agree. And the thing is with Martinsville, you, you never know what you're going to expect. It's in some ways a wild card race, but there's also a method to the madness. And I think having guys like Matt Benedetto and Bubba Wallace in there, yes, they're maybe may not be the flashiest drivers in terms of results, but those are tracks that reward drivers like Bubba and, and Matt Benedetto. And again, I think it's a big deal that Matt Benedetto has not performed well this season. He's out of ride next year thus far. So if he can go out there and, and st- snag a win or maybe even top five, I think it's very possible. I think Bubba Wallace has definitely ramped up his production and 23-11 as a whole in the closing stages of this season. So um, also mentioned the truck series win. I think that's another, another big thing he has going for him. Um, definitely has the experience and the talent to get around here. And I think uh, not mentioned Kurt Busch, just very consistent here. Uh, very good in this closing few races of the season. And I think, again, it's a very uh, a balanced lineup towards the top. And then, uh, with potential for a lot, of, a lot of reward with uh, De Benedetto and Bubba Wallace at the bottom. Yeah, without a doubt. And so let's let's take it to the bank on our own end and talk about our race picks. And last year was a little bit weird because obviously I wasn't on the podcast episode and you were not able to make a pick. Um, and then weren't able to make your pick known on social media before the race last week. But I actually picked Kyle Larson and Tyler Reddick as, as my winner and my sleeper. And Obviously, a success with Kyle Larson. I'm not sure if you made a mental pick that you want to be known, Cole, but um, those were my picks. And it was my week to pick first, so I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was going to go with probably Chase Elliott or William Byron, but um, I, I, my phone got lost. I was away, out of state, so I really had no way of getting in contact with you <laughs> or anybody on social media. So, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely got the dub on that one. And uh, if you want, you can go again this weekend first, just because, you know, that was, that was my bad. I got my phone lost. So, Well, thinking about this, uh, next week's the championship race. I, I don't think it's fair that one of us should get to go first. So we'll do things a little differently this week. And with that being said, closing out the normal way of doing things, how about you go first this week? Okay. Uh, my pick for the win is going to be Ryan Blaney. I mentioned it time and time again in this episode. I think they've been one of the best drivers in the playoffs since it began. I think that they know what they have to do to win. I think that having this be Todd Gordon's final two races of the season, I think that they're going to be determined more than ever um, to rebound after last week and to get in that championship four. And again, I think that they have a great shot at winning at Phoenix should they get there. So I think that Ryan Blaney puts an exclamation point on his um, season and postseason bid and makes it in the championship four with a win. And then for my sleeper, I'm going to go with, um, let's see here, Christopher Bell. I think Christopher Bell has a really solid day. Um, he had a really good day here in the spring. And also, again, you mentioned the four-race top ten streak in these last four races. So uh, my winner is going to be Ryan Blaney and sleeper is going to be Christopher Bell. Yeah, I mean, as much as my heart is telling me in my head also, it is that a Penske driver is going to win this race, whether it's Logano or Brad, like I really feel like that's going to happen, but I just can't get away from the idea of Chase Elliott winning this race. It just feels like a race that is perennially going to be won by him. I mean, he won it last year. 
And just what you said earlier, Cole, that it feels like he is right about to break out finally this year with like really channeling all that speed for this time of year and almost winning the race last week. And he's just been running really well as of recently. And this is a track that has a lot of meaning and significance to him. And I think that regardless of the fact that he is currently, I believe, second in the points and, and should be good on points to get to Phoenix, I think he still wants to make a statement. And I think that, um, you know, with maybe a little bit less to lose than some of the other playoff drivers, he might be a little bit more of a risk taker, slightly, a little bit, you know, later in the laps of the, this race. So I just feel like Chase Elliott probably goes out there and wins it. Um, and then for my sleeper, I'm actually going to go with a driver we haven't even mentioned yet. And this is totally also kind of on a hunch. And that's Ross Chastain, because I expect this to be a chaotic and crazy race. And in chaotic and crazy races this year, Ross Chastain has always found a way to be in the top five when the dust settles. So I think that he randomly could have a very strong day at Martinsville on Sunday, on Halloween. That's a great point. And I think you're 100% right. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the crazy races like uh, Coda and stuff like that. He's, he's run very well. I think he finished second in that race or something. Or not, not second. He finished top five in that race. But um, that's, a, that's a really good sleeper pick. I think Chase Elliott would have been my – Winner pick had you gone first and picked someone else. So, uh, yeah, great picks. <laughs> I think this is this is probably a race that I am more excited to watch than basically any we've seen this year. And I've said that for a few races this season. But, I mean, this one just feels like it's going to be awesome. So I hope it lives up to the expectations. Hope it lives up to the hype. Again, it's going to take place on Halloween. So make sure you've got your TVs tuned uh, to NBC on Halloween afternoon to watch this one. And, and we'll be back to, to look at the championship around this time next week. So without further ado, please do also follow us on social media at the underscore money stop for all kinds of uh, various graphics and visual representations of everything we've talked about here and just thoughts throughout the race and things like that. And uh, we'll have some other stats leading up to the championship as well and, and cool things like that. So follow us at the underscore money stop. Continue to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, whether it's Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. Money Stop is the most important stop of the day, so you want to make sure we're a part of your daily routine, your weekly routine. And we are going to have some off-season, silly season episodes as well, so definitely uh, don't think that we're going dormant uh, just because the season's coming to an end. So that's something else to keep in mind. But without further ado, for Cole, I'm Stephen Cusimano. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week for Championship Weekend. Happy Halloween. Gotta make them wanna come back from